The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic Grounded spirituality, what it is and how we achieve it. Have you ever seen someone use spirituality to escape from reality? Do you do that? I did that for decades through meditation and positive thinking. Like an addiction, spirituality can make us feel high. For a moment, we feel elevated above ordinary life and wish we could stay there. But most of us can't. Instead, we crash down into our normal depressed or anxious state as soon as we're, we've backed into everyday life. And that makes us feel ashamed. What about folks who use spirituality to make themselves look superior, pretending that they aren't crabby, petty, or anxious like the rest of us, even though they are? Do you do that? I've done that for decades, too. (laughs) Can we embrace spirituality deeply and not get high or puffed up? If we don't get high, will that stop the crash? Beth Green says yes. And she'll help you experience sober spirituality, one that is elevating and grounding at the same time. Using spirituality to get high does not ultimately nurture us. Sober spirituality does. So, stay tuned, call in, and let Beth support us all to connect deeply to both our spirit and our feet at the same time. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi there, everyone. I'm so glad that you joined us today. I do hope that you call in and share. There are so many of you who are listening to this program who never call. And I'm so grateful to the people who do. We have formed a kind of online community here, but we'd love to invite new people in. Please don't feel intimidated about calling into Inside Out, despite the fact that I will probably contradict everything you say. But it's for for our own good, right? So please do call. Now, the topic of grounded spirituality, well, I have to share with you first that the topic name that I came up with first is sober spirituality. But James, and I think correctly, pointed out that nobody is going to want to listen to a program about sober spirituality. Well, the first thing is he said, it sounds boring. Well, the other thing is it sounded like you have to be an alcoholic to listen to the show. (laughs) So (laughs) I really understand that. But I want to share with you that uh, back in the early 90s, I was out walking And I was feeling very, very, very spiritual, very high. I was chanting. I was in an altered state of consciousness. And believe it or not, my mouth was stung by a bee. And I was incensed. Not only was I upset because that was not a happy feeling to have your lips stung by a bee. Um, But beyond that, I was incensed with God because here I was being a very good spiritual girl, out chanting, you know, on the land, walking, being very spiritual, and I get stung by a bee. That that does not 
That does not make sense. And I realized, you see, these words came to me for the very first time. Sober spirituality. I was high. And my God, my source, my higher consciousness wasn't going to let me stay there because it wasn't healthy for me and it wasn't good for all the people that I was going to interact with. I was in a wonderful place in terms of spirituality, but my ego had also flitted in. I was not grounded in reality. I was trying to go, and I was very impressed with how spiritual I seemed to me at the time. So there it was. The first thing that I notice when I'm having an unsober moment, an ungrounded moment with spirituality, is that I'm probably being dominated by my ego. There's something about wanting to be better, wanting to escape the human condition, wanting to be so aligned with God that I am God. So those are some of the thoughts that come to mind about what ungrounded spirituality has been like for me. You know, I've talked a lot about the ego on this show, but I haven't really talked very much about what it is. And uh, last week, we talked about democracy and what it's really like to live in a democracy, to know that there are all these people who are making decisions for you. And one of the things that I talked about last week was a decisions about whether or not you go to war is in the hands of millions of people that you don't know and perhaps wouldn't even like. And here we are one more time going to war in one way or the other. And some of us don't want to go to war and some of us do want to go to war and some of us just don't know whether or not we should be going to war and some of us are willing to go to war but are afraid the outcome won't be what we expect or some of us really resent the fact that we always seem to be at war and so on and so on and so on and some of us are excited to go to war because we just like to fight so there it is and all these people together are part of democracy and have a say as to whether or not we go to war. Now, ironically, in many situations like that, it's, we're not out there taking a vote, but politicians are so sensitive to whether or not they're going to be reelected or elected the first time that they're going to, ho- they're hoping that they're going to tap into the pulse of the public and make that decision. And here we are. So when I talked about democracy as being kind of a scary thing because everybody gets to decide, I want to also bring up that it's scary to the ego because the ego of us is the part of us that is aware of our individual existence. And for the purpose of survival, our egos are always watching out for us as number one. So let's say I'm in the military and I know that a war will give me an opportunity to advance my career. I might consciously or unconsciously be, be rooting for us to go to war, whether or not it's a good thing. Or I might be Uh, in a situation where I might be dragged into some kind of a situation that would be impacted by the war, like my husband or my wife or my child is going to go off to war. And I don't want that, not because the war is the wrong thing, but because I don't want to 
lose the companionship of my husband or wife or child or I don't want to lose them. So we look at everything consciously or unconsciously from the I perspective of what does this mean for me? And that seems very normal, doesn't it? Because that's the way we all live our lives. But actually, if you look deeply, you realize that always coming from the perspective of the I really gets in the way of doing what God wants or doing what a higher consciousness would have us do or doing what even makes common sense. For example, if I want to get a job and I want this particular job and because I want the income or because I want the status, but I'm not really going to do the best job for that job, it doesn't make sense for me to get hired. But I probably want to get hired. I don't even want to consider the possibility that I'd be lousy because I have a need for the money or the ego gratification or something that makes me want something more than I want the highest good. So now when we're talking about spirituality, we are supposed to be in communion with the universe. That's what we think we're doing when we are getting into our spirituality. But supposing that spirituality is corrupted and we are flying off into the stratosphere trying to avoid connecting at all. You see, it doesn't look like the ego in the typical sense of give me more money, I want more status, to get high on spirituality. But it is very much for the ego because when we're getting high, we are trying to separate from the universe that was created, that we are part of, the consciousness that we are actually a part of. We want to be above it. We're always looking for the edge. You see, the ego always tells us that we need and our needs come first. And the question is not whether or not our needs come first, but how are we going to make sure that the universe serves our needs? So I go out there and I'm praying to God and I really want God to select me of all the billions of human beings on the earth. I want God to be listening to me and making sure that I lose five pounds by next week so that I can fit into that dress. Or I'm praying to God to elevate me above the human condition so that I won't care anymore about whether or not I fit into that dress. (laughs) Or I want to feel that I am so spiritual that I am automatically above everybody else and therefore should be treated differently. Escape, self-gratification, being above. Aren't these things that we can recognize that we have tried to do with spirituality? And when we get those things, they give them give us a sense of being empowered. And not only does the energy make us high, but the sense of empowerment or importance also makes us high. Oh, wow, I am now 25 feet above the earth and I have magical powers. I, I am so sorry to report, and perhaps I shouldn't be sorry, but I am, that so many of my fellow spiritual teachers are 
absolutely convinced that they have magical powers. Now, I am not going to, and I have gone into that place myself, so I don't want to say that I'm not that. I can do that too. And I'm not saying there isn't magic in the universe, but it's not my power. When I try to own it, even on a subtle level, I am having my spiritual power hijacked by the ego. It's saying, this is my spiritual power. Oh, I talk to the angels. I have a direct line to God who tells me what to do about everything, which means that everything that I do is right. There are so many ways that this can show up. Or I have been blessed with this incredible connection to the angels, and they speak to me, and that just makes me so pure and different. And isn't it sad when you think about it that we are so unhappy and desperate and dissatisfied with ourselves and life that we feel the need to escape and we're using spirituality to do that. And we will always crash as we always do after a high because when we come off the mountain and we stop meditating, we no longer feel that high and we are back to the situation that we were trying to escape from. And by the way, as in every other addiction, when we use spirituality to make us high, bring us above reality, we are so busy escaping that we don't take care of business. So when we don't take care of business and we come back from whatever high we're on, that business still awaits us undone. And now we're a week late on the bills. Or we've neglected our bodies. Or we haven't taken care of our children or any other responsibility and we feel ashamed. And my goodness, what happens when we feel ashamed? We have to escape from that feeling of shame. Well, my goodness, there's only one way to do that, which is to have more of the same. Get high all over again. So much like the alcoholic who wants to escape the pain of life, goes out drinking, binging, loses his job, and comes back. And my goodness, there we are. All the problems are still waiting, but even worse, because now my wife has left, or my husband has left, or my parents have kicked me out of the house. How do we, and I would love us to talk about this today, and I hope some of you will pick up the phone and talk to me and talk to us about how you have used spirituality to separate you, to make you high, to separate you from the realities of who you are and what life is. And just share that with us so we can all say, I am that, and so that you will not carry within you any shame because you will realize that you are just part of us. And we will also do some work on grounding our spirituality. So I'd really like to encourage you to call in soon because towards the end of the program, I'm going to need some time to do some processes and I would love to have you be with us during those processes. By the way, I would like to tell you that we did have a retreat on Creativity Beyond Ego this weekend up here in Oregon and on the internet and it was fabulous. And I'm saying that It could be ego. 
I don't think it's ego, but you know, you always have to watch yourself. But I do want to tell you that it was fabulous. And it wasn't fabulous because of me, but it was fabulous because of us. Because what we discovered was the incredible way that we can be creative when we are not in being dominated by our egos, when the ego is there, but just as a part of who we are, not dominating us. So we are truly being creative beyond the domination of our egos. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. And I know many more things are going to come from that. And by the way, it is simpler at times to be able to do that when you're away from home and you've taken some time to be away from the things that trigger our egos at home. And it's so much easier to do it when we're in this beautiful place where we live, this wonderful retreat center that uh, has been bestowed upon us by the universe. And when we're in these great trees that bring us to the humility and the proportion, that we become part of the universe, that we are not the gods of the universe above life and higher than, but that we are part of life. We are part of the universe that nurtures us and we are therefore all part of the magic without being in our egos and without being high. So we will be going to a commercial break in just a moment. James, please give us the telephone number so you can call in in this yes. next segment. Okay. Uh, please call us at one 866 472 5795 That's one 866 472 5795. Or you can email a question or a comment to Beth at bethgreen.org. Actually, honey, I wish you would not say that. Not say that. Because while we're live, we'd much prefer that you call in. Absolutely. Because I cannot really respond to you if you send me an email. Because I can't interact with you. I can't really feel you in the same way. And I can be of much more service if you call in. So... Please scratch that from your script, James. I have just deleted it. Okay, very good. (laughs) And do call in in the next segment so you can share and we can share and we can start the healing process together. Very good. Now we'll go to commercial break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back to Inside Out. We do have a caller on the line, but James would like to share first. So please go right ahead. Feels right to me. Very good. I would like to flesh out the picture from my own experience of how uh, our own human syndromes can result in our ego uh, hijacking our spirituality. Uh, From the time I was a little boy uh, and I had uh, other siblings, I had an older sister and I had a a younger brother and then later another younger brother. Uh, I was the one who most resembled my father and so I was treated with uh, special attention. And so I came to feel that I always needed to demonstrate that I was above others, better than others. And I channeled that into my spirituality. Because what better way to appear to one in one's own self-image to be a bit better than others than to be pious or devoted to mm-hmm. spirituality? I mean, what, what, what could be more expansive to the ego? Than right, and who's the bigger visibly? father? That, yeah. Who's the bigger father, your father or God the Father? Exactly. It's just transferring it over to the God the Father. That's right. Sucking how many up, of us? How many of us uh, love that self-image of I am a churchgoer. I am into my religion, and boy, my self-image is good because of that. And it's all ego. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've done through much of my spiritual life, as uh, I was raised in the Protestant Church, and then I carried it over into. Uh, meditation and Eastern, mystic, West Eastern mysticism and then New Age mysticism and so on, uh, all the while using spirituality for my ego to, to tell me I was better than others, above others, or if there were times when I had setbacks, I could meditate, rise above, be in that space temporarily of being above my human condition, and then, of course, coming back down and uh, like Beth was talking about, the problems not having been addressed while I was away. And indeed, uh, my being perhaps more out of touch with the realities that I had to address. Yes, it sounds like reality was the bee that stung you in the mouth when you were busy <laughs> chanting on the path. Absolutely. Thank you for, yes, thank you for sharing that. We may talk about that further later in this program. But in the meantime, let's go to Helen from California. Helen, are you with us? I'm sure I'm speaking for many others when I say there have been many ways that I have used spirituality to escape from reality, like James is saying. You know, when something got tough, I, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to tell um, mm-hmm. whether I'm escaping or I'm just taking a break to regain my sanity. But I think uh, when I come back, if I'm not better prepared to deal with reality than when I left, that I have just used it as an escape. That is profoundly true, and that is so much a way that we can start to turn this process around. Because if we can just look at our behavior and our attitudes and our feelings, and then we'll know whether or not we've been trying to get high or we've been trying to get grounded in spirituality. So please continue. That's wonderful. If you have anything else to share. Well, I, I just 
want to say that I, I believe I could use anything in either way. Meditating, journaling, um, taking a walk in nature, listening to spiritual kind of, you know, ethereal music. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of communing w- with the oneness. Whatever, whatever it is, praying, yes, I, chanting, you know, I can use any one of those ways either to ground myself and help myself or I can use them to escape. Yes, and one of the things that happens sometimes when we do meditate, and of course I am not attacking any of the practices themselves, is as Helen says, is how, is how we use it. What our motive is will always determine what the outcome is. And when we go into an altered state or a meditative state or we go and pray or whatever and we come back with an attitude that we are so much superior to everybody around us, then we probably haven't succeeded in having our spirituality used for the right purpose. Probably not. Beth, I'd like to ask you, how would you describe what is grounded spirituality? And maybe give us an example or something. Well, I will be doing that as we go along, and I'd like to, as usual, I really like to have our community of people who are calling in bring things up and build it together. And then when we come Mm -hmm. to the end, I will wrap it up, but I think we've already seen a huge piece of it, is what is the motive? If I'm using it in order to feel different, in order to feel high, in order to escape, we know it is not grounded spirituality. It's not here to enable us to live on the earth. The purpose of it is to take us off the earth. And it's the motive itself. So that is the, the most important piece right there is like, what is the purpose? And uh, so thank you for asking that question. And thank you, Helen, for calling. Thank you. Can I say one more thing? Uh, if it's quick, because we have other callers on the line. Okay, then I won't. Uh, thank you very much for taking thank, my call. Thank you, Helen. And now we have Annette from Los Angeles, and I don't believe Annette has ever called in before. Hi. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Well, thank you, Annette, for calling. Um, A lot of what you're talking about brings up a lot of uh, shame for me. (laughs) Yes, I thought you were going to say that. (laughs) Because I I view spirituality um, to separate from my husband and my children. And mm-hmm. I've used it in a way where I don't like the reality of the situation. I don't like the chaos or the pain that I feel that's being expressed and the way it's being expressed. So I separate into spirituality. I separate into kind of like having a platitudes and it's a it's a superiority of sorts, but it really cushions me into uh, some sort of escapism. Mm. It's it's not. I, I, I'm not enjoying talking about it, and I'm not sure if I'm making myself clear. No, you're being I'm, very clear, and Annette, I can feel the pain as you're talking. It's very noticed, real. Yes. Yeah. It's. It's very painful. I've no, I've gotten better with it around my husband, mm-hmm. but I still do it around him. Still, especially when his he, I feel like his energy is off, or something is off, or he's attacking, or he's coming at me. Yes. I can very easily just separate into well, 
that's not the proper behavior, and it should look this way, and you should be. And I'm never addressing anything that's really happening, what he's feeling, why he's feeling it. Yes. Same, my, same thing with my children. Sometimes I hear myself lecturing instead of connecting to what they're really feeling. That's ah. beautiful, Annette. Let, let me just share something with you. Um, this morning, I was going through something very similar. Um, I was feeling a lot of backlash to our retreat, uh, the retreat that we had in Oregon last this past weekend, and I could feel in the ethers, because I'm so psychic, <laughs> that people were angry or they were reacting, and there was something also that we presented at the retreat that people were critical of, and I could see where they were off, but I was struggling to have a with the, what was the right response. And so I went, I listened to music, and this really addresses what Helen was saying and I think what you're saying as well. I said, I have got to get into a, a higher state of consciousness. And it wasn't to escape. It was to go deeper into myself and my own consciousness to see where my ego was playing at. I, I could have said, oh my God, I have to get away from these crazy people. Let me go to God. I'm going to sit in my sanctuary and just go, oh, you know. And so what happened, but see what happened was so miraculous because, and I don't claim that I will ever be able to do this again, Annette. Um, but what happened was I listened to the music and I, I went into myself and I said, I have got to see where my ego is playing a part in this. And what happened was I remembered what I had been teaching, <laughs> but don't always live. I remembered that I needed, and I was sort of semi doing it, but the attitude was off. I remembered that I needed to take into consideration everyone's perspective and see what they were trying to say. And we had talked about that, at, as a matter of fact, on the Democracy Show last week about, you know, what does the opponent's person uh, bring forward that we need to pay attention to, even if we don't agree with them. And I thought, well, I could feel where they're really off or running scared in this way. But that tells me that I need to present this in a different way. Or that tells me that there's something that I have not thoroughly thought through myself or that I haven't explained or that it, it's just an evolutionary step. And so I had already incorporated what people said in a plan of action to improve on what we had done. But on an emotional level, you see, I was separating because I felt very disturbed. And all of a sudden, after doing this spiritual practice of going inside, going deep, listening to the music, asking for divine help, I asked God to help me to get over myself. All of a sudden, I felt different. And when I, I wrote out something, as a matter of fact, and have asked that it be sent to of the people who were at the retreat, and I thanked them for their input. Now, I genuinely thanked them because actually I know that what's coming out of this is better because I can feel what can be improved that was brought out through what they were saying. And at that moment, I realized that I was being supported by the universe. And so instead of trying to figure out the argument to shut them up and shut them out, I genuinely shifted my attitude towards it 
to what is the universe using this for to help me to see, regardless of their motive. Maybe their motive was to cut me down. Maybe their motive was to run away. Maybe their motive was to help. Maybe they don't even know what motivated them. Maybe the universe used them unconsciously to bring this message to me. And it flipped completely. It flipped completely, Annette. And I felt calm. And when I wrote the letter to the group and saying, you know, thank you for your input. This is what I'm going to do with it. I genuinely felt like I was truly in an integrated place where I wasn't mm-hmm. being dominated by my ego, was I wasn't reacting my brains out, and I took and I wasn't giving up what I believed in, but I was able to see the gift in it all. And we talk about doing this. I know we a lot of us talk about, oh, see the gift and everything, but we're not always able to do that, of course. But in this case, I really was able to do it. So whether it's that piece that you're talking about, about do I want to hear what people say? What is my intention here? Is my intention to escape reality or is my intention to get, gain the benefit of my spirituality in order to live with reality in a state of grace? So that's what I would like to... I do have other callers and I will have to... Uh, get off the phone, but I Thank hope you. that this will help you. And I'm so glad you called today. Thank you. It does help me. Thank you. Thank you. And now we have Christine from California. Hey, Beth and James. Hello, Hi. Christine. Hi. I didn't hear the first 20 minutes, but I think I got the gist of what we're talking about. <laughs> and I can definitely say that I have used spirituality to escape. Um, and to, like, kind of move away from reality. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways I see this, even now, is when I have work to do and I feel anxious, mm-hmm. that sometimes I'll think, well, I need to do some sort of spiritual practice to relieve my anxiety. Mm. But a lot of times what I need to do is do the work. <laughs> To relieve your anxiety. Yeah, because I'm anxious because the work's not done. It needs to be done. It's right for it to be done. Yes. And as I get into it, then the anxiety disappears. Oh, my goodness. That is also so helpful that um, we will have so much less to run away from if we take care of business. That's so true. That's my story. Exactly. And then we will then turn to our spirituality as a place of regeneration. Yes. And not as a place of escape. There will be moments when you feel so frazzled that you get divine guidance or that intuitive feeling or your instinct says, "Ah, let me take a pause because the state of consciousness that I am bringing into this situation is not going to be very helpful. And so we make that intervention with ourselves and say, let's take a walk. Let's go hug the dog. Uh, Let's do something else that's really going to help us give ourselves a time out, which gives us a chance to kind of regroup and tell our egos to calm down and shut up and that the world will not come to an end. Mm -hmm. But again, we come back to the question of motive. Are we taking the break to escape or are we taking the break 
to regenerate? And do we need a break to regenerate or not? So this is another very helpful piece of the puzzle about how to ground our spirituality. We're back to what is our purpose? And when are we using spirituality to do something that would be much better accomplished by picking up the phone? I recall very clearly when... I started uh, channeling God that God told me or whatever it is that consciousness that I that comes to me that God said to me don't ask me something that could be answered by picking up the phone so if you need a piece of information about somebody call them right instead of trying to like meditate and intuit it it's just basically an avoidance Exactly. Then I'm really of exactly that again. It's avoidance. I'm avoiding the interaction with that person. I'm avoiding doing the work that I need to do. Mm -hmm. The universal consciousness that comes to us is not a substitute for getting ourselves functional. It is an adjunct to that. It is a way to help us to become more functional. And so we're seeing yet another way in which spirituality is grounded. Because it's being utilized to help us to function in the world. So I would love to thank you, Christine. I really enjoyed your call. And I hope you have a chance to listen to the beginning. I will. Thank uh, you. At some other time. Yeah. Thank you. And we have another caller. Uh, we can uh, come on for a minute, but we'll be going to commercial break soon. So we're only going to be coming on for a minute with her, and then we'll put her on hold as we're in break. So it's Irene from San Diego. Hi, Beth, and um, in a way, I think my story is similar to yours, um, and it had to do with uh, four of us who were, or three of us who were at the retreat, and two children were driving home together after the retreat, and um, we were all kind of in our own worlds. One was driving, one was in the computer working on a program to, <laughs> to spread spirituality, and I was kind of half asleep and half observing. And um, we went along for quite a while until one of the children who was uh, just acting out and we kept tolerating it. And finally, uh, the person became so acting out that we had to stop and deal with that person. And as that happened... Uh, this was a child, and they were annoyed, and they got back in the car, but just sullen. And so we stayed and talked about what was really going on among us. And uh, we had the most amazing awareness. Uh, this was probably uh, 7 o'clock at night, and we began with where it started, where we started to separate. Mm-hmm. And how we did that, and then we redid it and made amends, and then the next person identified theirs, and we did it and made amends, and then the third person, and of course, each of the amends brought up more awareness, so we became more and more connected to one another, and I was sitting next to the child who was most angry and resistant, and it was amazing to see how we became clear about our own part 
and the pain that was causing the disruption uh, and how we had separated from one another and made amends and connected with one another, I could see the shift in his body until, you know, there was no problem at the end. Mm-hmm. And it was such a um, an awareness of we need to be active in our spirituality and use the tools to connect with one another because our spirituality is that we are all one and that we need to address and clear what's going on to maintain that oneness. Absolutely. Uh, Irene, thank you. I'm not going to put you on hold because I think you've spoken very eloquently to this point. And what I'd like to do instead is we're going to go to a short commercial break. Stay with us because I would like to comment on what you've just said after the break, but you don't need to hang on. And then go into talking a little bit more about how we can ground our spirituality. So thank you so much for sharing that. And now... Let us go to our commercial break. Don't go, no, not don't go away. Stay with us. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Thank you so much for either joining us or hanging in with us for the final segment of our program on grounded spirituality. Uh, we, Our last caller, Irene, was talking about a situation where everybody was letting the ego dominate, and this time it was in the form of a child and how everyone had gone into their own spiritual place and uh, were letting this happen. And it's so fascinating to see how spirituality can be used to separate us We all go into our little silos where we can commune with the divine and feel superior to everyone, 
or where we go in order to escape reality. And these are the two fundamental forms of ungrounded spirituality that we have discussed today. And what we see from Irene's talk, her, her sharing, is how the ego can pick us off when we are separate. And I'd like to underline that because each person was in their own world and not able to cope with how the ego was running rampage over the entire car and that the child who was manifesting that ego consciousness at that moment was also being left alone because when the child was being addressed and everybody was making amends and everyone became conscious, they were all connecting to one another and the child wasn't alone. You see, the ego, like the child, thinks it wants to be in charge but knows it is not capable. A child is most likely to act out when there is no authority figure there because it feels responsible for itself and is in fear that it does not know how to handle reality. Children have no clue as to how to live in reality and adults such as ourselves have almost less. So (laughs) it is very difficult to know how to handle reality because, and the reason I say that is that children may be ignorant, but we are um, trained to handle things in very dysfunctional ways. And of course, we also have consciousness that that child doesn't have. But if we do realize that when we step in with our consciousness and we're not escaping in any way or form, or the child is much more likely to feel safe. Now, let's look for a moment. I've talked about how spirituality is really about feeling connected to everything and everyone, to ourselves, to one another, to the universe itself, to higher consciousness, to God consciousness, to universal consciousness. And when we feel that connection, no, the world doesn't become a safer place in the external sense, but it becomes a safer place internally because we realize that as for as many challenges as we have, there are resources. And if there's nothing else, at least we can breathe and go into a place of acceptance. So it, I'm not talking about managing reality. I'm talking about living with it. Now, when we feel more calm and centered, we're actually able to access the resources around us. Have you ever noticed that when you panic, you do stupid things? I do. I may not notice where the fire extinguisher is. The house is on fire, but I can't remember where the fire extinguisher is because I'm in a panic, and that panic makes me afraid. But when I am holding someone's hand or when I feel my connection to the universe or to God, when I'm feeling connected to my own intelligence and inner peace, I remember, oh my God, there's a fire extinguisher. Where did I put that? And I find it. So in fact, it is not that the external challenges go away, but our ability to cope with them become strengthened by our ability to connect deeply to ourselves 
one another and the universal consciousness. And that is what makes the world safer. I'm not saying safe. And so when we are having a grounded spirituality, our intention, again, is to become more whole and more well and more connected so that we can know intuitively how to handle a situation and or sometimes we are we know that we may not know how to handle that situation right now but if we follow that inner instinctive intuitive voice and our common sense and our experience and our observations we might stumble across an answer even if the answer is just to accept it now how does this relate to the ego I was giving the example of the child in the car. The child in the car gets more and more frantic when it's left in charge because it knows that it's doing the wrong things. It feels shame. Like, oh my God, I'm being a brat and I really don't like myself anymore, but I don't know how to stop myself. And I feel scared and alone and burdened by the responsibilities of being in charge of the universe that I really can't handle. And so when we bring forward our connection to one another, our connection to that child, when we bring forward our deep connection to ourselves, our connection to the universe, that child will calm down and so will the ego. The ego is going to be with us because it is the acknowledgement, the recognition, the awareness of our individual existence. We can't let that go because we are individuals who exist within the oneness. And so there it is. The ego then feels comforted because it is not alone like that child trying to universe, run a universe that it cannot run because it doesn't have the maturity. So what I'd like us to do right now together is take in what I've said, which is That grounded spirituality is about connecting to ourselves deeply, connecting to one another deeply, connecting to the universe deeply, with the intention of connecting to life deeply. It is not about escaping life or being beyond life. It's connecting to life differently with all the pieces in place that help us not only to survive, but to be able to be in a state of more calm, more calm. I'm not saying that if a truck is barreling down the road you're going and it's it's aiming at your child that you're going to have no fear, but it's about being more calm so that you have the sense to pick up that child and take it out of danger or you don't scream like a hysterical woman or a man so that the child freaks out and freezes and can't run away. We have to stay calm. We have to stay calm with the dog. We have to stay calm with the child. We have to stay calm with our fear, which is something that we accomplish through that sense of connection to something more than our fear, that there is more to us than our fear. There is more to us than our ability to connect to other people's fear. We have many, many more resources. And as I'm talking to you, I hope that you are feeling that you are dipping into a state of consciousness where you are becoming more calm yourself and feel yourself going deeper into your inner being and feel now 
that you are deep in your inner being and you are suddenly holding the hand of everyone else. And you feel safe because in that moment there are no enemies. There are just beings clinging together looking for a respite from fear and anxiety. And now as we hold each other's hands in the universe, we begin to relax and so does everyone. And then we take a deep breath and we feel our hearts and our minds and our very souls and being and spirits expanding and feeling the vastness of the universe And we don't fear that we will be lost in that vastness, but we feel instead that we have a secure place in that vastness. And there is nothing to prove and there's nothing to escape because we know that higher consciousness, our connection to ourselves and our connection to each other are one and stay with this feeling just for this moment and perhaps even after we close our program and if you are appreciating this experience as grounding and spiritual you can listen to the podcast and play this ending again and again and again. You can download it onto your phone or onto your computer. And just remember this moment and hear my voice and feel that you are being returned to that state of grounded spirituality. And from this place, James, I would like you to share with us what is coming up next week. Very good. Our next edition of Inside Out will be, Do You Rush to Judgment? Why and How to Stop? Do you have a tendency to jump to conclusions with very little evidence but lots of certainty? I certainly do, every chance I get. Most of us do. In fact, the news is full of stories about what we have decided is true. James, James, I feel like you've lost this place. Oh, the quiet, peaceful place? Yes, you've gone into performance. Uh Aha. Okay, okay, so just continue okay. from this place. Thank you so much. Very good. Thank you. Uh, the news is full of stories about what we have decided is true, about Ray Rice, the Middle East, people with opposing political views, and just about everything else. Are our opinions accurate? Have we taken the time to study the situation? Do we have access to all the facts? Where do our opinions come from? Why do we need them? And what mischief do they cause? Because when we rush to judgment, we can do a lot of damage. We can leap into war, condemn the innocent, or ruin the lives of people who are in the public eye, doing what many others do in private. So let's talk about how we rush to judgment and the damage that causes. Let's talk about why we think we need to have opinions about everything. Let's talk about how we can learn to pause long enough to get the information we need to be judicious rather than judgmental. So, 
Uh, now, let's have a word from Beth, a final word from Beth, and we enjoy, invite you to join our post-show forum as well. Thank you so much, James. Yes, if you want to learn about our post-show forum, you can check the link on the right of this host page. And please do join us, and please bring with you the energy that we've gotten today, and you can, this is so simple and so brief as a spiritual practice, which will bring us down to reality, back to reality, but with all the benefits that we have gained from our quest. And I look forward to talking to you next week because they are so connected. Our ability to not jump to conclusions is so related to our ability to be grounded in reality and with our spirituality. Thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you until then. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.